Hi, and welcome to the Still To Be Determined podcast, the podcast that follows up on topics brought up by the YouTube channel, Undecided with Matt Farrell. I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a writer, and I'm the question giver for my mouth hole to Matthew. (laughs) Matthew, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Matt, obviously, Matt Farrell from the Undecided YouTube channel, where I talk about smart and sustainable technologies. And I don't know if I mentioned it at the top, but we're both last name Farrell. That's not a coincidence. No, it's not an accident. No, we have the same parental units. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the episode titled EV Wireless Charging, Powering the Future of Autonomous Vehicles. This episode went live on February 18th, 2020, and it feels very much like it dropped right out of a sci-fi show yeah it's kind of remarkable technology so if any of our listeners haven't yet watched the video i strongly encourage going and and checking it out because it is a fascinating piece of technology that grew out of mit research and it does not feel like it's overselling it to say that it could change how people use their cars pretty much ever. so before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode itself i wanted to find out about how you got into contact with the head of the company and the name of the company again is Ytricity. how did you find out about them i heard about them a few years ago for the first time and ev wireless charging and it's it's called magnetic magnetic resonance charging and it's something that's been bubbling around for a while like at ces a few years ago there was a company that was showing off like a little box that you could just drop your consumer electronics in and it would just charge it um it's a similar similar not the same exact thing but a very similar technology and uh i was looking around for companies in the boston area that uh i could possibly go talk to and there's a there's a bunch of interesting companies here that are related to the stuff I talk about on my channel. And so when I was doing the research, I didn't realize why Tristy was based here in the Boston area. So when I saw that, I just sent the uh, PR team over there an email asking if I could possibly come in and talk to them, see their lab, find out more about their technology. And I was surprised when they wrote back saying, sure, (laughs) (laughs) come on in. You can talk to Alex and we'll give you a tour around the, the facility. Is he the lead designer or is he the CEO? He's, he's the CEO. Okay. Yeah. Do you know anything about his background as far as like it started at MIT? Was he a professor there? Was he involved in a project there or did it grow out of there and then they brought him in to head the company? That. It okay. was he came in later. The uh, It was MIT researchers that came up with this. The the, the breakthrough had something to do with the the, the, the way the magnets work because – um, induction charging, like you have a toothbrush that you put on an induction charger or you have a cheap right. charger for your phone. It has to be in a very specific placement. And it's basically a resonator that's kind of like passively sending, you know, magnetic fields to the thing that's charging. But the way this works is there's actually magnets in both devices and they're tuned to each other on the same magnetic frequency. So it, it allows a much, uh, more efficient transfer of energy through that magnetic field. And it also allows you to keep them apart. So you can actually have them like a foot, 18 inches apart and they will still charge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy stuff. So like they came up with this at MIT 
and they started to form, they formed it into a company and they brought Alex in later. And Alex's background is he, he worked at Dell. Um, he's from the PC industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's worked as uh, like a CTO and a manager of operations and things like that at other companies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like it would be, but the graphics gave the impression that it's basically kinetic energy transferring to kinetic energy because it's a magnet that's turning, correct? It's it's the magnetic field that is, <laughs> this is where the science gets a little beyond my understanding, yeah. but it's it's the magnetic field that's transferring the energy. So it's, yeah, in a way, it's kind of kinetic energy, which might be the wrong way to put it, but it's yeah. that magnetic field that is getting received by the other device that is mm-hmm. turning that magnetic field back into electricity again. Right. So it's right. not actual electricity going through the air. It's the magnetic yeah. field that's, that's causing. That's what it looked like. It looked like yeah. it was, there was definitely, the relationship was magnetic. Correct. So it's not an electronic, it's not an electric arc or any sort of energy in the air. And it, you know, you, you end up thinking like, okay, we if we have these plates in the ground, if grandma walks her dog across yes. the plate. Will the dog suddenly start to like, you know, Let her twitch fire. and its eyes bug out. And no. Being able to embed those longer strips into highways yeah. and streets. So you can actually be charging while you're moving. Yes. That's just bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just think about it. It's like, it's like doing little micro charging as you're yeah. moving. Yeah. And then just throughout the trip down that highway, you're, you're, gaining more energy than you're using so you could as long as this is in the roadway you could theoretically be charging forever which means you wouldn't need a massive battery pack he and i talked i didn't include all of it in the video Mm -hmm. but he and i talked at length about how that was actually the original sales pitch from when they were moving into this which was battery packs are so expensive that this might actually be the path forward but then battery prices much smaller battery packs just constant charge right but batteries have the prices have dropped like substantially over the past decade right and now it's far cheaper to build a massive battery pack than it would be to retrofit roadways so he said the the priorities have shifted so it wouldn't make economical sense to go that path Mm -hmm. the other thing that i thought was trippy for me and i didn't include this in the video he and i talked before we started recording and he gave me i included some video of this but there was a clip of him holding this little device that had led lights on it Mm-hmm. And he was holding it in front of his stomach and he put the charging pad behind his back. Yeah. Yeah. And the lights lit up and he was demonstrating this is completely safe. It's just magnets. Yeah. And in that demonstration, he did this other thing where he, he put that pad on the, de- on the top of the desk. And then he said, we can even extend the range, the effective range of this with passive repeaters. And he handed a pad to me and he picked up a little pad and these were not plugged in anything. And he held this passive pad about six inches above that charger. He had me hold the other pad about six inches further. And then in my other hand, I held that little light disc Mm -hmm. about six inches further and it lit up just as bright as it was without those when it was closer to it. So there's no actual electricity going to the repeaters. Correct. They are transferring the energy from the first spot. It's the magnetic field. It's repeating the magnetic field and extending the workable range. It was, it blew my mind. It was one of those, yeah. th- this kind of thing, there's been this in a utopian, like in the far off future, yeah. you could theoretically put these repeaters in walls of your home. Mm. And then you have basically one or two pads in specific locations that then repeat these magnetic fields all over the place. 
and then your devices in your home just always have an electrical charge without okay. wires. Okay, it's taking my brain a moment. To... <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it's I need really, a wireless it, repeater. It's really, it's really trippy. Um, that's like that's a that's like way way off. I don't know how long it will take for that to happen. But it was just a glimpse of the future when I was when he was showing me this demo. Yeah, and he talked about the power loss from the grid to the battery in the car being only what was what was the exact number? Ninety three percent. Ninety three percent, which is really really good. Yeah. And if you had that also at work in your home mm-hmm. where you were able to put devices anywhere, you know, it's like, oh, I put my laptop over here and while it's sitting on my desk, it charges. Mm-hmm. As the technology developed, you can imagine that the developers of devices in our homes would probably take advantage of the fact that charging wouldn't any longer have to be a constant plugged in state. And effectively, you could mitigate the 7% loss by having devices that were smart enough to not take power when they didn't need it. Yep. And I'm thinking of electric bleed of, you know, you, your TV, your toaster oven, your coffee maker, those things staying plugged in, take a little bit of electricity. So we're effectively burning some electricity without using it. Uh, I always go back to how grandpa used to unplug the TV in the living room. And <laughs> I always used to, laugh at the fact like what's he doing that for and then about a year ago i read an article which was electric bleed is actually a real thing yes it is and it's and it does waste electricity and it makes me wonder if this sort of technology embedded into the home could actually help mitigate that because if devices didn't need to actually be plugged in and the devices were smart enough to not take electricity when they didn't need it you would not have that or imagine these devices have just tiny little batteries inside them that they can use to for those times that they need to kind of like ping to see like if it's like an internet connected TV that needs to phone home every once in a while. It's like it could have a little battery on board that gives it enough juice that it can do that without having to pull constant power from right. the grid. It's, it, there's so many ways that you can see where this would take our future for computers and TVs and yeah. All consumer electronics, including he also, cars. He also mentioned the development of a standard, which his company is trying to be a part of the leadership on. And and that's obviously critical because you don't want to end up with the VHS Betamax wars. Correct. In a car industry setting where you would have different roadways or different parking garages that would have different charging stations. You wouldn't want somebody with a car to take up a spot and and realized too late that their car was not actually charging because it didn't have the right um, type of technology on it. And you guys in the video laughed about the fact that it has the sexy name, the J2954 (laughs) standard. Yes. And it made me wonder about, you have talked about other technology standards that have been developed over the years around Wi-Fi and stuff like that. And I wondered, he made the joke of, they already have a logo and they're, it's not a very sexy name, but I wondered what sorts of standards have you come across where you are looking at the name and saying, oh, clearly this is the sexy version <laughs> of the standard. Because I'm wondering, like in this sort of technological environment to say like, oh, it has to be a, it has to be something that's a little more roll off the tongue. It has to be something that can be easily understood. <laughs> But part of me was thinking, why? Because most people are not going to be, you know, I I guess 
I'm questioning like who would the sexier standard it's, marketing <laughs> name be for? It's not it's not that it has to be sexy, but like to say, oh, this router is Wi-Fi six, it's like easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's not the J two seven six seven R. It's like what right. what what? <laughs> right. And so it's like having something that's like um in smart homes, there's something called Z Wave. It's like you can call it whatever you want. It's it's but mm-hmm. having like something that sounds like a word <laughs> right that you can kind of wrap around <laughs> instead of just random letters and numbers is gonna help people understand especially when they're buying cars that support if they called it air power or something like that it's like they would understand right. i can use any air power charging station it's going to make it much easier to understand right. than remembering. i guess it's equivalent yeah. to on like washing machines the he standard yeah for high efficiency um on on products and for EVs, there's there's a problem with electric vehicles where there's way too many charging standards right now. Mm-hmm. And some of the where the industry seems to be going is one called CCS. It's like it's not a sexy name, but you can kind of remember CCS. And there's another one called Chatamo, which is a horrible name. But it's <laughs> it's yeah. But but my point is, it's like it's easy to remember CCS instead of J271RX5. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just come up with a name that people can remember essentially i'm gonna get the word chatamo tattooed on my arm yeah please don't because that's the one that's actually gonna go away probably oh. <laughs> it'll be like getting zoom tattooed on your arm <laughs> <laughs> i have that tattooed across my back <laughs> zoom forever zoom zoom will never die <laughs> it was also interesting that he compared the safety of this to the induction stove cooktop yes where unless it is actively being utilized, nothing is happening. Correct. And then one step beyond that, even when it was active, it was safe. Yes. Where he was putting it you know, on either side of his body. And it was obvious that that video, you never explicitly said, notice how he's doing this and showing how perfectly safe it was. It You just had in the video, he's doing this. And it's like he's either giving himself a kidney scan <laughs> or he's demonstrating <laughs> that it's safe. And I actually thought he could crow about the fact that it's actually safer than an induction stove cooktop because, as you and I recently experienced, an induction stove cooktop, when you are no longer using a burner, Mm -hmm. it stays hot. (laughs) 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 And when we were visiting our parents recently, and our parents have an induction stove cooktop, um, I don't think I'm going too far afield to say that our mother regrets having an induction stove cooktop because they have a bad one. (laughs) It's, it's pretty frustrating. Like I'll just put this over here, not realizing here is actually 400 degrees. (laughs) The problem, the problem with their stove though, Sean is it's either on low or it's on high and there doesn't seem to be any gradation in the middle. (laughs) I don't even think it's called high. I think it's called weld. (laughs) So it's, do you want to simmer or do you want to actually look straight into the sun? (laughs) Do do you want to blister the skin off your hand? (laughs) One of the topics that came up with Alex in your video was, again, this entire subject seems to be made up of small things, each of which are in their own way mind blowing. And then you put them all together and say, well, this is all one thing. Mm-hmm. It began to feel like, my God, like, like, like point after point in your video just seemed like, really? 
like roads <laughs> that will charge your cars. Really? Like no connection whatsoever. Universal standard for all cars. One of the ones that made me just kind of sit there stunned was the idea. He pointed out that when you have a system like he's developed, like his team is developing you have the opportunity for the power grid to be both feeding the cars and the cars to be feeding the power grid. Yes. Because if a car just sits on top of one of those plates and the battery of the car is at full capacity, it could be putting power back into the grid. Yes. And that starts to become wait. What? <laughs> wait. Yeah. I am super excited about vehicle to grid. It's usually just referred to as V2G. Um, there's a lot of testing around this going on right now. Um, everything I've ever read, it's more going on in Europe than it is here in the United States. It's just starting to kind of get experimented with here. It's a great way for electric companies to do what's called peak shaving. We have renewable energy, which is great, solar, wind, all that kind of stuff. But the highest peak usage in homes is in the evenings when everybody gets home from work and the lights come on because it's getting dark and we're cooking dinner and air conditioning systems are kicking on. There's a huge surge from like six to nine o'clock at night and then it goes back down again. And they have to kick in these things called peaker plants, which are often natural gas, coal plants, things like that that can spin up quickly to Mm -hmm. meet the demand. And one of the ways to get, get around that it's to do what's called peak shaving. And so if we have, you know, millions of electric cars in people's garages that still have half a battery, three quarters of a battery worth of energy in them, even a full battery, they, if the electric grid, you know, getting permission from the owner can like take a few kilowatts of power from every single one of those batteries that's connected, they can maybe not spin up a peaker plant and instead pull right. some energy from batteries to get through that peak Six usage to nine peak right. usage and then after nine the car would then fully charge during would the charge right back up and so they allows them to even out the usage of electricity across the board which saves the electric company huge amounts of money because it's expensive to spin up peaker plants and then from a user's point of view you get some kind of kickback from the electric company of we'll pay you x dollars per kilowatt that we take and then your battery also gets refilled so you're coming as a homeowner or a car owner, you're getting a little bit of a kickback. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting money. The electric company is saving money. It's- I imagine the way the charging would work as well if the electric companies were being fully honest about what was happening with the electricity. Yeah. It would be between six to nine, you'd be selling get electricity to them at peak prices. Correct, but you won't. And then after midnight, you'd be <laughs> charging at off-peak. That's, so, that, that's essentially the way it's supposed to work, yes. Right. Yes. So you'd be selling things for five cents per kilowatt or whatever it is, and then buying it back for three. And so oh, it's a lot to more fully charge your car would cost you arguably one cent per kilowatt or something like that. It's, it's just, it, yeah. Essentially, it's a, it's one of those rare times you can say it's a win-win for everybody. Right. And I cannot wait for this kind of system to start getting rolled out more widely. But the problem, as Alex brought up in the video, which is you have to remember to plug in your car. And typically, you're only plugging in your car if it needs to be charged. And you don't necessarily have to charge every day. But if you have a system like this, you're not even thinking about charging. You just pull into your garage or your parking spot and then get out and go home. 
but because this can go two ways, it's like it'll charge the car when it needs to be charged and it will draw from the car when it needs to be drawn from. It's like, right. it just blew my mind. It's like, oh my God, talk about ease of use. It's like, that's tends to be where consumers go to is where the use case is super easy. You don't have to think about it. It just takes care of itself. Those tend to do the best. And the system seems primed for that. This also tied in in a really neat way. I liked to see that you were using the Waymo footage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I was most excited about that because I thought maybe I, w- I would actually be on camera. But <laughs> you were in the Waymo I think, episode. <laughs> I think I think one of the key takeaways from this is that I should be on camera. Okay, I'll remember that for the future. Yeah. <laughs> But the autonomous driving vehicles, this was the well duh of the the Waymo experience was, well, you've got these self-driving cars, but somebody still needs to charge them. Mm-hmm. Somebody still needs to. They need to go to a place to be charged. They need to go back home to their main garage in order to be plugged in because a self-driving car is never going to just pull into a charging station and there's going to be somebody there who will go out and plug it in. Mm-hmm. And then here comes this technology, which says, okay, how about that self-driving taxi fleet has the queue at the airport or the train station, where as it's sitting there, it's just passively charging. Mm-hmm. And then it went the next step of, but what if it could even be charging while it's driving down the road? That's a level of sci-fi-ness that I wasn't expecting <laughs> in this video. And it really kind of blew my mind. Again, it was another one of those things like, like, oh, that's how self-driving cars will take care of themselves. Yes. Because self-driving cars have always been that, yeah, I could understand the appeal and the logic behind it, but there's always those missing parts, those pieces that are just like, yeah, but what about that? Well, I'm not going to think about that. Yep. And there was always that question of like, but who's going to take care of these things? Because there has to be somebody taking care of that part. And this technology is the one's like, no, nobody has to do that. (laughs) There there was a number of years ago, um, Elon Musk has always has talked about how like when Teslas are fully self-driving, you'll be able to summon your car to you no matter where you are. If it's across the city, the state or even the country. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's so cool. The people were like, but how would it get to you if you're like really far away? Because it has to charge itself. And a number of years ago, Tesla had demonstrated this video of this kind of, uh, it looked like it was from the Terminator movies. It was this charger, this big silver looking snake <laughs> that would like <laughs> articulate <laughs> upwards right. and then snap itself into place into the plugging port. <laughs> Probably looked terrifying. It. Well, there were lots of don't bend over around it jokes that were made. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, <laughs> it, and then, and then that was never talked about again and hasn't been talked about from Tesla for years. And because the immediate response was a little bit of laughter. No, it wasn't that it was, it was, okay. it was technologically, it was astounding what they had built. But at the same time, it's, a, it's like, that doesn't seem a hundred percent practical. Right. And now seeing how this could be applied to autonomous charging, to me, right. that snake-like device makes no sense whatsoever because right. mechanical things break down. Right. Well, I'd like the, I also like the idea that 
there there would be a commercial for your vehicle will find you wherever you are. And then <laughs> here goes the, the car driving down the highway. And about 50 feet behind it comes this robot snake <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep up. Like, I'm here when you need me. <laughs> Two final points. The first was Alex made a point, and I'd be interested in hearing you talk a little bit about this where we have to get away from trying to replicate the gas engine experience. It's the, it's the same thing that goes into last year. I put out a, a EV myths video um, and most of the feedback and questions and statements I hear about people talking about how EVs aren't ready because you can't do this. You can't fill up your tank in you know, three minutes. It's like most of the uh, points of view are coming from a very status quo point of status quo viewpoint. Like the way right. it is today is the way it will always be. And it's a lack of, it's, it's human nature. So I'm not pointing my finger at people saying you're stupid because yeah. we're all, it's, we have to get our, ourselves out of that mindset because yeah, it makes sense that it's not, it's not stupidity or a lack of imagination. No. It is, you only have the context of the context around you. Correct. And Correct. until that context is shifted by somebody, an individual who breaks a paradigm. Exactly. You can't understand the new context it's it's the innovators so it's like you have companies like tesla that are breaking through the wall of saying no evs are a viable option and proving the point and then there's all these other companies that are kind of getting pulled along with that success that are ancillary but they're innovations that are happening all around the ev industry and technology industry that are kind of filling those gaps of people that go well how are you going to charge your car if it's autonomous it's like well here's why tristy going Here's how it works. Right. And it's like, you don't even have to think about charging your car if you have a system like this. So there will come a day. I mean, I, I didn't put it in the, in the video, but Alex had this great analogy of like, he said, when I look across the room and see my cordless phone on my wall, I see, oh, that's a cordless phone. But when my kids look at that phone, they look at it and think it's a phone. Yeah. Because they were never alive during the time period where phones had to be wired into the wall. Yeah. And so he was making the point that at some point people will look at car ownership and driving around and they won't even think about having to charge their car or yeah. plug it in or fill a tank because the or even possibly ownership itself may be a thing of the past. It, it, it will be. It absolutely. I don't think anybody's going to own a car in probably 20 years. <laughs> I honestly don't think anybody will. Because you'll just... There'd be no point. You could just yeah. summon one. Yeah, you just summon a car and a car shows up at your house in 30 seconds and you hop in. It takes you where you want to go. You get out and you're done. It's like, why would you want to own a car at that right. point? It's only going to be enthusiasts that want to do weekend racing that would own a car. Right. But everybody else is just going to hop in automated cars and just takes them wherever they want to go. Stuff like this is going to be shocking to a lot of people. And it's going to be difficult for a lot of people. And I think that your video does a good job of educating around this shift to demonstrate the advantages that will come with it and also demonstrating that the people behind it, they're excited and passionate about it. Yeah. And there's not a Machiavellian idea at work behind it. They're not doing this to take something away from people. They're doing this to help people and help a society that is struggling to continue to function under the old mindset. Yeah. There's a power, there's a, power grid issue in this country it's very delicate we had the blackout back in what was it 2004 mm -hmm. that was caused by a simple error 
in the middle of Ohio and half the country was without power. Changes like this, changes to how we use everyday devices are part of the solution. And I think that it's very exciting. And I think that that company looked really, there were shots in the video that made me think, wow, this has really been recorded in the future. <laughs> the lab behind him was futuristic. Yeah. And I also think his vest was really cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was rocking that vest. It was yeah, awesome. He had that vest and the collar was up and I was just like, I would wear that vest. Yeah. Where, where do I get that vest? That's really cool. It looked cozy and warm, but also stylish. Um, to, to build on the point you were making, that's kind of the whole point of my channel, which is I like giving context around these things that are currently changing because there's a lot of fear and anxiety and not understanding how this stuff can be applied and looking at it through status quo thinking. So I, I'm always looking at technologies that can make our lives better and how they can make our better our lives better and where it's going and where it's possible, where the possibility of where it's going to go, because I'm, I'm trying my best to help kind of break down that barrier and get people thinking outside the box at, uh, for this kind of thing, which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to Ytricity was to share how cool this kind of stuff is and where it can go. I think, I think you did a really good job with that. And oh, so I think this is a video that people should check out. And I also think that the company must've been very pleased with yeah. the end product because it really did a good job of demonstrating in an easily accessible way. You know, the J2954 standard may not roll off the tongue, but I think that everything that was conveyed in the video was easily understood and and put in a, put out in a way that is going to help them get their message across as well. So yeah, he, he actually read out, Alex reached out to me a couple of days ago and was blown away by the response on the video. He was not expecting that. And that's great. He's actually jumped into the comments and responded to people directly. So if you, if you watch the video, I also recommend scanning through the comments because he's, he's in there. So check it out. That's a neat opportunity for people who may have watched the video and maybe listened to this conversation to be able to go back and have a conversation with Alex directly. But even if you don't reach out to Alex directly, you can reach out to us. We are always available through Twitter at still TBDFM. I'm available at by Sean Farrell. Matt's available at Matt Farrell and at Undecided MF. You can subscribe to Matthew's channel at YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find the podcast at stilltbd.fm. And you can subscribe through major podcast providers, the usual gang of suspects, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and so on. Please be sure to give us a rating, a review. And share us with your friends because it helps the podcast. The podcast helps the channel. The channel helps Matthew. <laughs> Matthew helps me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. We are recording. Can you still hear my refrigerator? I can, but I can see if I can take it out in post. Okay. Because what you should have said is, is your refrigerator running? And when I said yes, you should have said, I know. Well, you, <laughs> you better catch it before it gets away. Yes, I know. Yes. That's what you could have said. I could have said that, but that's a bad joke. <laughs>